You like pushing buttons, John. Yes. <laughs> you just put that out there. Uh, hello, everybody. We are live. I was just typing that into a text message. <clears throat> um, I'm obviously not in my studio tonight. I'm kind of going old school. Uh, the, the original laptop that No Driving Gloves started with is handling my computing deal tonight. Um, even a Audio-Technica AT2005 microphone. I don't even have my fancy um, Electro-Voice RE320. Jeez. So let's hope, hope all of this goes well. How are you two doing tonight? Go ahead, Derek. Go ahead. I'm doing great. How are you guys doing? Oh, I, I already. <laughs> the, the, I guess I didn't say how I'm doing. I, I've had a call. Yeah, had you a really didn't. Yeah, I thought I'd put it out there, but I'm doing uh, wonderful, fantastic, amazing. Oh, see, I've had a cold for a week. I've had two rapid COVID tests and one PCR test. And uh, so far, I'm totally negative. So it's just a, a cold that makes it sound like I have COVID. I think we'll still wow. if oh, yeah, I was if, doing my... Hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. If John's handsome, I mean, <laughs> the rest of us have a lot going for us. I was doing my Facebook sharing. So <laughs> um, it's just been a pretty wild week here at the shop. You know, got a lot of new projects that started, being that we finished a Cadillac and almost have an Impala finished up. So we've got uh, another Impala that we started this week, uh, a Camaro. And working hard on a Model A, got a Nomad. I mean, just a big truck. So just a lot of stuff going on and doing a little tweaks to the Trans Am that we debuted at SEMA. And, you know, just uh, trying to uh, get back into the swing of things. It's always a little uh, a little tough after you've debuted a couple of cars and, been gone for i think i was gone for 21 days by the time i did sema and pleasanton good guys event so just you know really uh, focusing on uh what we've got here in the shop and keeping the ball rolling on all of them you know i don't know how you keep <clears throat> keep it going i'm you know i could barely keep track of myself <laughs> yeah. you know i got a bunch of group a group of a uh, bunch of good guys that are really self-motivated that come in and put their head down and work hard and you know we we have a monday morning meeting and we go over everything that we want to accomplish for the week how about turning that ringer off no kidding ah, oh no i i, I like it <laughs> Didn't uh, we used to get yelled at back in the early days of driving gloves? He was like, who's got their phone on? Um, yeah. But, you know, everybody's pretty well self-motivating. The Monday morning meetings really kind of keep everybody um, heading heading down the path they need to head down. And I'm most of the time in the shop. So it's, it's uh, I mean, it's not that big of a deal to me, I guess. I mean, I've been doing it for pretty well 15 years. So it's just... Uh, normal day-to-day -day operation and try to get my hands dirty as much as I can. So the, the long story short is you just have had a lot of practice. Uh, yeah, that's <laughs> probably it. That's probably it. So Every day is practice, I've right? Got a, 
got a really, really, really good dude that works the office that, you know, answers the phone and most emails and does all the parts chasing and payroll and, you know, all that stuff. So that I don't even have to worry about that side of it at all. I mean, I don't worry about what much of the other guys are doing either. I mean, they're busy and they all know what they're doing. So give them their space and let them go to work. It's always good to have a team that knows what the heck's going on. So pretty, pretty well blessed in that situation of having a group of good guys. I know a lot of, seems like every hot rod shop in the country's hiring right now. And I mean, could I put some more guys to work? Yeah, absolutely. I got enough work to, to put a couple more guys to work, but uh, you know, if the right person walks in the door or calls or emails or something, then, you know, we'll entertain that. But as far as currently looking for somebody to add to the team, not necessarily, you know, dude, I sent my email like three weeks ago. I haven't heard. Like I said, it had to be the right fit. So, you know, we don't do wood (laughs) wheels around here. So I just don't think it's the right fit. Oh, so you didn't like the proposal about like starting a whole new branch. Come on. No. Big oak garage. I mean, you got wood in the name. Come on, no. man. No. Sorry. We we eliminate pretty well all the wood out of the old cars. So eh. mm. you know, I was kind of hoping he, he would go towards, you know, boats. Old wooden boats. <laughs> we do wood boats. I like wood boats. They're cool. I could probably get into wood boats, but we don't we don't have a wood shop if that if that says anything. You know, I think all restoration shops have a have a wood shop. Damn, I just sold my wood shop. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, just really getting the ball back rolling on everything and trying to get back everything back to normal operation. So, yeah. Oh, well, we're trying to kill a little bit of time because we had a staggered start tonight, whether we told some people 9 o'clock, we sold some people 9.15. But, geez, we do have a ton of people watching. So maybe we should lie and yeah. start early every day. <laughs> yeah, every it's time. only one minute. It's only one minute. <clears throat> we can get rolling. So we had Maybe a couple like, of- We can be like, um, you know, who's, who's most famous for starting their concerts like an hour or two late? You know, be like one of those rock bands. It's like the concert starts at 10 and they come out at like 1130. Yeah. I never went and saw Guns N' Roses. What? Guns N' Roses was famous for that. Sometimes they didn't even start their concert. (laughs) Sometimes the opening band left and Guns N' Roses left. (laughs) I guess that was probably before you guys were probably like eight years old at the time or something. <laughs> so yeah, I'm nowhere near as old as you, John. So yeah, I might not even have been born. Yeah, uh, nah. yeah. you're old. It's, uh, yeah, very distinguished. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so well, there goes half the listeners. Yep, I just watched them all leave. Yeah, well, they're like, hey, we're out so, now. Nah. So we're gonna take a spin on what a suggestion was. Um, somebody, Jason, regular commenter, we talk to him a lot about, uh, we, um, he suggested something about talking about old, old cars and threw out some names and before the show threw that one out and we go, what is an old car? 
there's three of us here and we've all talked about being varying ages and Derek, obviously the eldest of us all. And especially when it comes to cars, um, what is an old car? Where, what makes a car old? Is it, I mean, are we, is, is an antique car that rolling 25 years is, uh, um, is what do I want to say? Is a roll as an old car pre 1940 is a, well, anybody want to throw out what their quick definition is? And then Will's will brought up something that happened just before SEMA that really made it interesting. Yeah, I can start with that. So, uh, right before SEMA, good guys generally have been 72 and older. Just, I mean, that's a general over the years. They do have some events that's open to anything. And I think they actually used to have some that were 64 and, and older. I, I can't really remember exactly. Um, but they opened up uh, their events to 25 years and older. So it's a rolling 25. So right now, my 96 Tahoe that I have as a daily driver could enter in a, in a good guys event. And I, I personally think it's pretty cool. I think it, it opens up my clientele because uh, a lot of my clientele likes going to good guys events and it may open their eyes to, you know, want to build a, you know, a 96 Tahoe and make, I it, think, make it cool. So I think it's great on bringing the youth into the hobby because, you know, we go, I go out and you know, go out and talk to an 18 or 19 year old. They could care less about a 72 Monte Carlo. <laughs> they don't even really know what it is or, you know, pick any of that stuff. You know, they, they want that stuff that they remember as old in their youth. You know, um, I think it's, I think it's a brilliant move into trying to get this next generation into cars and in, into the hobby. It's, you know, I've always kind of, you know, I laughed, you know, when the 84 caravan became an antique car, you know, you can put your antique plates on a caravan, me and my obsession with vans, I know, but or even escorts and things like that, which were common everyday things. It's just, um, I don't know. What do, what do you think, Derek? Did they feel that way when the Model T turned 25 years old and they could start putting antique plates on it? Yeah, there you go. Um, <laughs> It almost made an entire uh, run be, being 25 years old. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, I, I, if you take the classic definition of it, which is what, um, you know, what that 25 year mark is, that's in most states, that's the definition of, of a, you know, antique platable car or a collector car, or classic car. I, I guess my thought on it always has been who the flip cares like, why do we have to define what an old car is? Wait, wait, I don't, other than for some government plating, you know, situation in each state, if we're in the car hobby and, and we're all interested in cars, what does it matter what an old car versus just a car is? Uh, I guess that's one thing that's always bothered me. I've never understood this. We have to define, um, you know, in general, I get it when you're in a club, like the classic car club of America, they have very strict rules on what they define as a full classic, but what, what is, what does it matter why we designate what a old car is? 
Okay, Derek, you just ruined the whole conversation. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, obviously- it's a, no, I'm opening, I'm opening it up. I want to know, like, I, 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 seriously, like, I mean, technically, I, an old an old car can be a five year old car, right? I mean, a five year old car in, you know, a place that has low humidity and no salt on the roads still looks pretty good. You go up north to Michigan, Detroit yeah, Michigan. area, a five-year-old car can be a rusty turd of a car. So that's an old car. So, I mean, it, it's just a, a terminology that um, – yeah, and y'all know how I am about terminologies, you know. Um, and, of course, you know, we, hit, we get the guy that mentions the stuff we're not going to talk about tonight in the comments. Um, <laughs> yeah, that, that's popped up twice – so we're just, um, we're just ignoring that. Yeah, we're ignoring it. Um, so, I mean, to me, to me, what's an old car? An old car can be a, you know, a really, really nice 72 Chevrolet truck that's unrestored. And it can also be, you know, a five-year-old Ford. Or I'm, I can't say really Ford now because they're aluminum, but a Dodge that the bed's rusting off of. So it, it all depends on your terminology to me. So wait, are you saying, are you saying it has to be rusty to be old? Well, that's just, you know, you see a rusty old car. It's just kind of the, the thing. Um, you don't say that's a rusty new car. Do you? <laughs> it's a rusty old car. <laughs> depends on what brand of car it is. <laughs> I, I sit there all the time. Did it, did it come out of big oak garage? Hey, you know, I sit there all the time and I, you know, I go an old car to me is something that I remember that would be something when I was one or two years old. So early seventies, that's an old car to me. And I sit here today and you know, I, I always do these addition and subtraction things. You know, and I got my first car when I was in 87 and it was an 80, that was seven years old. And that was an old, that was really an old car to me. And, but you know, somebody in, you know, in high school, they had a 64 and a half Mustang. So that was a 23-year-old car. And do you realize having a 23-year-old Mustang now is a 1998 Mustang? And to me, that's a new car. You know, I remember my mom getting her Mustang when it was in 94, brand new. And I just have a, t- I have a tough time thinking cars that I saw new, that I sold new, are actually old cars now. It's just, it just... It's one of these things, I guess. Maybe it's part of getting old. Well, and maybe that's there you go. Maybe it's part of getting old. Yeah, maybe that's <laughs> like what the defines an we, old car. The cars that were new when we were young are now old, like us. We're old. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I mean, I but think, maybe that's what defines it. Is it's it's personal perspective of what an old car is. Right, you know, right, a, a, a kid that's nineteen right now. You know, I mean, yeah, they think an old car is something from the early 2000s, which is scary. Randy, what did Randy say? Point, you know, antique cars to me is a car without a computer. And, that, you know, that's a good way to look at it, too. That could be a good, a good cutoff. Yeah. I mean, it does make them technically antiquated to the modern car world. So, yeah, but when did computers, I mean, the most basic computers, when did they actually start entering cars? 
Wow. I guess that depends on what you would define as a computer. Most, most, yeah. most people define a computer as an engine management type of deal. So like an 87 Chevrolet truck, you could get fuel injection in. That was an electronic fuel injection. Now, obviously, fuel injection has been around for a long, long time. You had mechanical right. fuel mechanical. injection or you had electronic fuel injection. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, there was a little module under the dash. You could call it a computer. You could call it a module. Uh, but, you know, really, you know, I would I would say it's the late 80s, early 90s. Yeah. So you're, you're just in American in American cars. Now, yeah. obviously, the cars that come from overseas have had uh, multi-port fuel injection and ECMs and all that stuff way before, you know, General Motors did. So where am I thinking on this one is. So we're discounting, I'm trying, I can't even remember the name, like a voltage regulator or something like that, that always went wrong on your 78 Ford. You always carried a spare one. You know, it's circuitry. It's kind of computerized. I mean, right. it's maybe not, maybe not running a program, but it's using electronics to manage something. Yeah. So we're, we're going to something that's actually using a few zeros and ones to click and create Um. I guess, uh, cause and effect, maybe that's a simple way of saying it. But there were, I mean, I guess what, uh, yeah, that's, it's an interesting topic because in the, the early and mid seventies, the GM, some GM products had the sensor, the weight sensor in the seat, um, and a sensor to the seat belt buckle that if that there was weight detected in the seat and the, <laughs> Um, buckle wasn't buckled, the car wouldn't start. Is that a computer? Because it's controlling the, although it's all just done on switches and, you know, basically solenoids and things. That's is, not that, a is that a computer or not? No, you can control all that stuff with relays. So, you know, a relay, do you consider a relay a little mini computer? I mean, technically, it, it depends on your terminology of a computer. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Because I mean, like the, the, the sensors are detecting something, which is saying to a relay to not do something. You know what I mean? So it, it's, it's essentially a brain communicating something. Well, is that I mean, what? It's, it's a, it's a yeah. sensor. It's a sensor. So, I mean, it's no different than an oil pressure sensor or a water temp sensor I mean, or a speed sensor or anything like that. It's just a sensor that sends, you know, a signal, a yeah. signal to the ignition switch to not to start or the gauge to give you your reading. I, I do not consider that any form of a computer just because it's an electronic sensor. Okay. Well, this is good. We're 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 defining things here. We're we're getting clear definitions. As Randy said, car philosophy. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> right. uh, had and I known I, we were going to get this deep into it, I would have poured that glass of scotch. Uh, seeing John has a cigar. Yeah. Well, I get to do that because I'm actually at the cigar shop, so I am not in my home studio. And I actually have a whole bar at the other end here with all kinds of scotch and whiskeys. And so we're going to do the podcast from there next week. 
Probably not. I I want I like being in my home studio. I like I'll good. You, join you. You be in the home studio. Will and I'll be at the cigar shop. <laughs> there you go. And uh, Truth Myers, yeah, I despise the um, start stop on my car. Yeah, I agree. It's Turn almost, it off. Almost caused accidents. Turn so we're basically defining the. We'll go back and define the the computer era. Let's call it post nineteen eighty. Is that what we're saying? Is that kind of? I mean, they were really starting to make their way in the the nineteen seventy late seventies into the early eighties. I would I would go a little bit later and say yeah, I would too. Mid eighties. I'm going to say OBD OBD one and beyond. Yeah, yeah, I think uh, that's. I would agree with that, John. I disagree with you, Derek. When did OBD1 start, though? Good question. Anybody remember? Because I'm just thinking, what about like what about like the digital dashes that were all in the like obviously the 84 Corvette came out. Um uh what year was it the Buick had the digital dash that was also somewhat touchscreen capable? It was introduced in 1991. Okay. According to Google. Yeah. Well, you're, but what you're about late, like the your late digital dash your, readouts? The like I said, the Buick that had the you know somewhat touchscreen capable. You can do a digital dash readout without a without really a a computer. Yeah, see, I mean it's I, a, I, right. a gauge and a sensor. I'm thinking the '83, '84 Chryslers with the digital dashes that talk to you and that, and mm-hmm. those are. I guess there's another parameter you could put. Those are still repairable, um, you know, with, um, you know, maybe modifying the circuit boards or replacing relays or replacing diodes. Where once you start getting into, you know, your OBD computers, um, you're kind of, you know, you open the thing up and where do you go? Um, And that's where we're, you know, that's where, you know, the next generation of restoration comes into where you're going to end up going back. And, you know, I think Holly's moving that direction on a lot of them where you're going to end up, you're going to start pulling these computers out and putting new management systems in that. Oh, yeah. Cannot yeah I'm, I'm yeah, pretty you, sure. I'm pretty sure Lingenfelter's already gone that way. You're, you, you almost have to, if, if you want to tune, you can't really tune with the OBD1. Uh, OBD2, you can. You know, you got HP tuners and everybody else and all these, you know, companies that make things that plug in and whatever. But uh, OBD1, it, it was it was pretty challenging. You know, if you want to tune your stuff, you know, you pull all that stuff off and, and go with the Holly HP or Dominator or whatever, and it'll control it a whole lot better. You can pretty well run anything you want to run off of a Dominator or an HP. I just want to point out that Dan just uh, backed me up by um, informing us that his 84 Monte Carlo had an ECM in it. We said mid 80s. Mm-hmm. That's 80, what 84 would be mid. Then you started changing it to 91. No, 91 was the first year of OBD <laughs> 1. So there you go. Uh huh. So we'll go with Will's. Let's replay that. <clears throat> yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, we'll go with Will's definition. Maybe. The 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 OBD stuff really just started coming around for engine diagnostics for yeah. you know dealerships and stuff like that that you know you just plug your computer into it it tells you what's wrong with it and you replace a part and it don't fix it that's what obd1 did yep <laughs> obd2 was pretty good about it but uh no uh, no obd2 still still sucks especially not- when the person using it doesn't have any diagnostic skills well if the person using it doesn't know <laughs> then yeah it's it's totally useless but somebody well, what, that really what, knows what they're doing can really diagnose a car with with the right equipment that's an OBD2 um, plug-in. So you're saying that 1995 scanner that I bought on Overnight TV or maybe QVC, and I plug in and it tells me this part's wrong and I go to AutoZone and I buy the part, that's not going to fix my car? Most of the time, no. <laughs> yeah, that's the te- <laughs> it's, it's the tech that knows why that part is failing because this part failed, that part mm-hmm. failed. Right. Mm-hmm. So... Right. Otherwise, it does become that endless changing of parts. And you wonder why AutoZone will gladly do a code read to your car because they're going to sell you a part and then you're going to come back and they're going to sell you another one and they're going to sell you another one. It would be interesting to know if any of these schools that teach mechanics and you know, whether it's a trade school in a high school or, or, or a higher education actually teaches OBD one stuff. I, I seriously doubt it. Uh, but that would be interesting to know if anybody out there is actually still teaching regular, you know, a hell of mechanic class with a carburetor. I mean, I'm sure that's probably non-existent, uh, well, but it would be interesting to see if, if OBD one, stuff was still out there and being taught. I, I doubt it. I seriously well, I, I took a modern automotive class in 95, 96, 97, just prior to coming to McPherson. And we were the last class they were going to teach carburetors to. So that ended in the mid nineties. Right. Um, and to be honest, carburetors ended in the mid nineties. I think the 94 Zuzu pup was the last car sold with a carburetor on it or the 95 Zuzu pup. <laughs> But if you go into a dealership now with anything more than 10 years old, they don't even want to work on it. So it takes a very special mechanic that can work on that stuff that, you know, likes the older stuff. And that's where the independent shops are. But, you know, even they're going away because people don't own cars that old anymore. It's, um, you know, I don't, I think to answer your question, Will, no, they don't teach carburetors anymore. You know, you got to go to a place like McPherson that's teaching restoration. Mm-hmm. Um, and how does that make you feel, John? What? <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> I, and I, I seriously, I would be interested to know if anybody, like, like Will said, I mean, when I was in, I mean, number one, my high school didn't really have anything of the sort. So, you know, I was learning everything from my my dad and all his friends on how to work on cars. Um, but even when I went to college, I mean, we definitely, none of the automotive classes I took had anything. I do remember using OBD2 readers. This would have been 2000, 
2003, 2004, 5, right in that era. So OBD2s, nothing about OBD1. But, of course, I was also taking restoration coursework. So, yeah, we did do the carburetor thing. We did the all the, you know, antique engine technologies. Uh, and then I also had a small engines class, or actually it was a, a powertrain class, really, but it focused mostly on small engines. Um, and, of course, you worked on the little carburetors for that and tore those down and stuff. But... In, even in my experience in the, let's say, early 2000s, I think everyone had forgotten about OBD-1. Well, yeah, it such, it, it's not like it was around that long anyway. I would say it's right. so, such short-lived. What was it, 91 to 95 or something yeah, like that? Yeah, something, something like that. It's amazed me that OBD-2 has kind of lasted 90, as long as it has. Yeah, made before 96. So, yeah, 91 yeah. to 95. My, my Tahoe is a 96 and it's OBD2, but it's real early OBD2. And it's, I mean, it's better than OBD1, but it's, it's still pretty slim. I think the one time I actually vaguely remember dad having an OBD1 reader and stuff at home was when we redid my 93 Beretta and got it all running. Um, after because it was totaled when we got it, so we had to rebuild the whole front end. And I, I, I vaguely have a recollection of plugging that in. And it wasn't a small computer either. It was, it was larger, was it not? From what I recall, this was a yeah. long time ago. Well, the '93 Beretta is an old car. It is, the, it is. I would love to have one again. Remember the ones that you'd plug in and they had the like four or five little LED lights in them mm-hmm. and it would, you know, it would blink and you'd have to go look up the blink numbers and get the code. And Yes. Oh, my God. Yep. Oh, I remember, I remember doing that with the CRX where you'd plug the thing in and then it flashes the lights on the dashboard. Or if you wanted to get deeper, there was a series of lights on the ECU. Yep. You know, and you're never sure, is that a test light? Is that the last light? Is Are we done yet? Are we, you know. <laughs> oh, shoot. I lost count. Which blanket will, oh, man, start over. Yeah. <laughs> so have we determined the old car thing? What is an old car? I mean, I, I'm I'm down with. Uh, I agree with. If it doesn't have an ECM, yeah, you can call it an old car, you know. But there's there's never going to be a defined line of an old car. No, I I, I like it. Just kind of depends on your your generation. An old car is, I think, to each person different, and probably goes back to between zero and five for that person's life. That's a, you know, anything beyond that is an old car to me. You know, anything beyond that to you guys is an old car to you. So, you know, I'm thinking, you know, 71 to 74 or so for me. And for you guys, you're probably looking what, 80 to 84, 80 to 85. I can't remember when you guys were born. Roughly. Yeah. Um, It's been cool to see how. Yeah. NSRA and, and good guys 
have really just kind of opened up and opened up and opened up. I, I dig it. You know, NSRA National Street Rod Association was 48 and older forever. And that's what defined a street rod was 1948 and older. And it's still kind of that terminology of street rods, 48 and older. And and now they have a rolling 30 and good guys has a rolling 25. So I, I, I agree with that. I like them opening up. It allows, you know, more people to come with, with either their daily drivers or just a car that they built that they think is cool. That's just not 72 and older. So I'm I'm very okay with it. Yeah, like I said, I'm really good. It brings helps bring the youth into it. And like you said, it could be a daily driver, but it also kind of leans to my definition of an old car. It's the people that are starting to get into that and starting to have the money are going to be 25, 30 years old and beyond. So when you roll back 25 years, guess what? You're right there at that zero to five-year-old old car range. So I think it, you know, I think it works well. Well, and I think it, I, I think it does hold some weight too, because we've talked about it on the podcast before. A lot of times that first old car that you're looking to buy is that one that was the poster on your bedroom wall when you were a kid, you know, or that is at least the, um, you know, the car you're aiming, the old car you're kind of aiming to have one day in your career is that, you know, poster that you remember as a kid, which again, you know, goes right back to what you said, John, zero to five. And, you know, you have start having the money to buy cars, 25, 30, zero, 25 to thirties. Wow. 25 to 30 years old. There we go. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think that holds weight. I don't think kids put posters of cars on their walls anymore. I think they just play them on video. We games. did. Yeah. yeah, I know we did, but I yeah. said nowadays. Are you are you still a kid? At heart. <laughs> I'm two. I still put posters <laughs> of cars on walls. <laughs> right? right? <laughs> Actually, I'm thinking, yeah, I, I I just did that at my new apartment. I have pictures of cars up. Yeah, and, I mean, uh, that's... <laughs> crazy. They're 1916 Packard, but <laughs> so. Hey. That how did you get the poster I had as a kid on my wall? He stole I've it got, from me. I've got uh, somehow I stumbled across a collection of six photographs of a uh, nineteen sixteen Packard Cloverleaf Roadster, which Aww. they only made three of, and I restored one of the three. And somehow, or, I don't know, ten years ago or so, I st- stumbled across these. So I finally I, they're they're actually hanging in my studio at the house. Maybe one day we'll see those. I don't think I have any car posters at my house. I may in the basement. I can't remember. I have that one. I I have one that Amanda gave me, and I still don't know. There's supposed to be a special meaning, and I've never figured out the special meaning. And it's kind of a front end of a Bentley with a license plate. And then I have my... Um, what does the license plate say? Yeah, what does so, so say? What does the license plate say? I can't remember. It's just some random European plate. Uh-huh. See, and, there's something yeah. hidden. There's something there's hidden something there. there. <laughs> you can't figure it out. And, mm-hmm. and then I have the uh, John Dahlstrom Lotus um, advertisements that he did in the 60s for Lotus. Um, there are eight of them, and they're all mounted and 
you know, matted and framed. So as a so what, yeah, what what do you guys consider like a poster versus a like because like that I'm thinking like just in the room I'm in right now, like I've got a really nice framed and matted print of old 16's engine, you know, that a professional photographer did in our digitization project at the Henry Ford. Yeah, most of what I have, I wouldn't classify as posters. I'd classify them more as like prints, art. Yeah, yeah. I think more like what I what photography, I high end photography, art. and yeah. I I think posters are um, either in the cheap frames from Michaels, you know, with the real thin plastic and the, that, or just stapled to your wall. You know, the yeah. the six foot long Lamborghini Countach poster I used yeah. to have in my yeah. room and my Vector W two poster that was the same size on the opposite wall. That's a poster. Yeah. Um, Posters I, is what you buy your kid to put on the wall because exactly. It's so <laughs> yeah. Now, if you go into the show Seinfeld, he has a poster framed hanging on his wall of a nine eleven that's kind of airborne, and I can't remember what the caption is, and I know it's a poster because I actually have the posters they gave him away at like the nineteen eighty eight Chicago Auto Show, but um. Does that become art when you properly mat it and frame it? I don't know. That's probably art now because of the age of it. Because it's old. Yeah, it's like all those. It's all those, it, it's all those posters. This, this all the posters Leno's got hanging up What's in his garage. <laughs> what is old? What is old and who's owned it? <laughs> right. Don't get me wrong. I do have some posters that are probably going to wind up going up out in the barn, you know, like the various posters from car shows or, you know, some of the concours, you know, like Pebble Beach or Amelia Island, stuff like that. But as for like your typical, like cheesy, yeah, I'm thinking like late 80s, early 90s car posters. I don't, I don't think I have any of those anymore, but I could be wrong. I've got tubes of car stuff upstairs just yeah I photography was that. and prints just rolled up and i've got this like three by three basket in my warehouse just full of tubes of various car posters and things and some of them i need to get rid of because i know the the malise people and the radwood people would kill for some of the stuff i have but i mean right here next to my desk here's here's one <laughs> what is it it's a great question. I have Let's no see. idea. Open it up. That's uh, well, no, it's late enough at night. That's what she it, said. It may be Christy Christy Canyon, huh? I, I was going to say you might want to look at it before <laughs> you, you open it. We. <laughs> da, na, na, na. Whoever gets no, no, this. Whoever we need showgirl music. Wait, 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 wait. We got to do something. Whoever guesses it right gets, uh, what do they get, John? I don't know. I'll always send out a sticker. There you go. You get a sticker and a... Oh, a sticker. Unless you uh, wear a size medium t-shirt. I do have a no driving glove size medium t-shirt. I think I've got some extra large Isn't that mine? So if you yeah. get... If you get it right, you get a extra large big old garage t-shirt. Y'all better start guessing right now. You got 30 well, seconds. Wait. I've got multiples. I mean, how do you want me to count how many I have here and people can take wild guesses? 
Just the first right guess. Just the it doesn't very matter. first one. Of, of any of the posters? Yeah, you're going to show them and whichever one gets guessed. Well, the problem is I'm, I'm going to have to find a way. I guess I can figure out how to cover the... the uh, now that's too easy. Yeah, that's that's probably too. These are these are three pretty easy ones, so we'll go with the the more challenging of the three. It's a Corvette. Yeah, right. A Roadster. Tell me when it's. I can't really see the camera. Oh, no, you're. Go a little closer. Yeah, there you go. That's good. That's cool. All right, we're good. Well, we'd rather look at that than you, so just leave it there. Exactly, right? That should just be my... Uh... So anyway, it's a series of uh, three uh, basically antique race cars. Don't ask me where they came from or how I got them, because I, I have no recollection. They're just beside your desk. Exactly. They, things just show up. I found a lot of that stuff when I was moving. I guess this could be considered a poster. Ah, yes. Well, I, I'd call that a uh, display it's board. A, it's more of a board, but... It's a display know, board, yeah. Kind of a yeah. poster thing. Seeing we have one listener right now. Let's see if she's a uh, car girl. Um, there's another one. Okay. I'm saving the easiest one for last, so... All right, now the easy one that even John can get. Because if John and Will don't know what this is, I don't even is know what we're going to do. Is that the car you're going to build? Oh, come on. The wheels give it away, guys. Yeah. Oh, I know what it is. Yeah, okay. I figured as much. It, sh it should be blue. Um, no, actually, I think this one. They're typically blue. They're typically, but I think they're the the specific one this is was actually black. Well, I was saying typically blue, so you knew I knew what it was without giving it away. Oh, sorry, my bad. Typically, a very bright blue. I don't know. I got stuff everywhere. So nobody want a t-shirt? Nope. Well, of course, I don't got... think we have any listeners anymore. Oh, we, we have a bunch of listeners. We're oh. probably a rec record number of listeners again. We're, we're doing pretty well. But you got till the end of the show to figure it out. Once we cease the live show, the contest is over. Because I'm not going to keep watch checking Facebook comments. Sorry, looking at another thing I got. Anyway, I was looking at your Christmas tree in the back. <sighs> it's beautiful, isn't it? Look at that. Christmas trees are nice. 
Yes. Very festive. Very very so, holiday like, if you will. So being an being an old car, if it came with an ECM means it's not an old car. What if you put a bunch of ECMs in an old car? Does that make it not an old car? It makes it I think a we've had that conversation. Arresto mod. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you walked right into it, Will. I'm not I'm not saying a word. I think everybody here pretty well knows how I feel about that. So uh if you don't go back and listen to whatever episode that was. Exactly. <laughs> I can't look you know, it you know up. It, I'm not at my computer. You know what? You know what it is, Will? You know what what that makes it? Ruined. That's what it makes it ruined. Yeah. Yeah. Where you can actually get out and enjoy it, drive it cross country and not take you four freaking weeks. Yeah. That's ruined. And the air the point of it, the point of it is hey. uh, driving a car is driving it. Why do you want to get there fast? The point is hey, to hey. enjoy the drive. Driving the your car fast is fun. I'm, I'm going to break the rule, but Will made me do it. All three of us know a guy that just about drove his old car just as fast across the country as a Tesla. True. Yep. <laughs> True. A bit one breakdown and he would have beat it. So, uh huh. Exactly. So take that, Will. Uh, I'm sorry uh, to bring up the way I said the T word. <laughs> You know, but here, here's the here's the root of all evil with with ECMs and computerized, you know, vehicles with computers. You know what those computers run on? We said we weren't going to talk about it, so I'm just not going to answer it. That's why I didn't say no. Yeah, they run on atoms and pieces of the atom moving across from atom to atom. So, John, I think we may want to shut down the uh, spammer that's in our comments. Yeah, I think we might be getting hacked. Yeah, I got to figure out. I can't remember how to do this. It's not showing up on here. I could um, I could delete it, but I don't know. I can't delete it from from my computer. And it's not showing up on my phone, so I don't know. It's all blocked. There we go. We blocked them. All right. All right. It probably cost us a viewer, though. <laughs> well, you know what? It's not what we're <laughs> about, and we blocked it as quickly as that we is, could. So That is as far as what we could be about as anything. <laughs> <laughs> Matter of fact, if you remember the scene from Blues Brothers, we're the Blues Brothers. Okay. <laughs> oh Lord. You Trying think that traffic cleared up, John? Oh, the, the the traffic cleared up ironically about ten minutes after I said, "Oh, we're I'm not going to make everybody leave." Blah 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 blah. I could have actually made it home in plenty of time, but by then I wasn't going to be a arse and make everybody leave. They were all having a good time. So we all hung out here. I think everybody's left now. So 
as soon as we well, wrap we just up having a party at the sh- cigar shop i mean well, we didn't even we get ha- an invite we we always do lounges open get yourself a drink get yourself a cigar hang out in the back what do you think i do is this isn't a job this is fun oh yeah no i don't do well the problem is i live like four and a half hours away so (laughs) so have a cigar on the way down man good point good point get you a pandemonium that's about 10 inches long 60 ring gauge about an inch in diameter you probably one cigar down here one cigar back and then one cigar while you're here yeah, you know, I used to, I think you and I had this conversation, John. I used to smoke cigars and I had a, I got a bad one one night and mm-hmm. it has, uh, I've never smoked another one after that. Well, we'll actually, I shouldn't we'll say that. I tried uh, and it made me sick again. We'll set you up with a good one. I tried a new cigar cutter today. I know this isn't cars and it actually is. Five razor blades and puts five razor slits in the cigar. Doesn't cut the end off of it. Oh yeah! And man, does it change the taste of a cigar? It's very, very intense because when you're inhaling, well, technically not inhaling, but not inhaling, taking the smoke into your mouth, it's coming through these little paper thin slits. So it's very intense and more. Yeah, it's it's quickly becoming my favorite cut. I just don't want to pay $45 for that cutter. Yeah. It's not that. You know, actually, actually cigars do have a tie to automotive history, uh, specifically Ford motor company. And go ahead and give us that bit of trivia. Well, Lee Iacocca was famous for always having his cigar. No, no, no. Back it up. Back it up. Back into the late 30s, early 40s. I'm at a loss there. Henry Ford finally put a lighter in the dash of the Ford uh, Ford vehicles, the you know, Ford Motor Company. But they would not, because Henry Ford did not believe in smoking cigarettes, they would not call it a cigarette lighter. Hmm. So it was simply known as a cigar lighter. Now it's known as a cell phone charger. Yeah, exactly. Now it's it's a USB port. port. (laughs) $14.95, they'll give you an ashtray that takes away one of your cup holders. we We used to always put you know, lighters and cars everywhere. So you could charge stuff. Now it's, you know, now it's just USBs. I can't tell you. We actually took (laughs) in the, in Don and Brenda's uh, waters Cadillac, we actually took the cigarette lighter out and that's where the headlight switch is now. Cause the headlight switch used to be kind of like in the middle of the gauges. It was kind of weird looking. Mm -hmm. So now you flip up, the ashtray where you can see the ashtrays and where the cigarette lighter was is now the headlight switch. Yeah, so. I'm, th- I'm thinking of my grandparents. It might've been their country squire station wagon or something. Cigarette lighter in the dashboard. Every door had an ashtray in it and its own cigarette lighter. You know, there was probably oh, yeah. eight cigarette yep. lighters in the whole car. You know, the things that we used to have, you know, the, the Cadillac Eldorado, I think it was the Eldorado that had the bar in the glove box to um, the perfume things in the back seat to 
Um, yeah. The, oh, the good old I came across. I came across the, an old ad the other day uh, from like, I think it might've been like 24 or something like that, which was advertising a aftermarket kit you could buy that would put a keg behind the dash of your automobile, had a tap that came right out. You drill a hole through your dash, had a tap that came out, hung I the keg that. up on your. <laughs> I'm going to answer. They, I mean, they didn't care back then. I'm gonna answer Dan's question right quick. Um, you don't have to. We don't, we did, you know we don't have to. It's it's okay. I'm his boss, so I can tell you that you don't have to. <laughs> you gonna take that from him, Dan? Uh, we're gonna have the uh, the Cadillac will be indoors. The '76 Trans Am will be uh, in Bryce Thomas Radiator booth. Cadillac will be in Exalta booth, and the Impala that we will be debuting here at the end of January will be in builder showcase. So that's the three that I know we will have in Louisville at the NSRE nationals and maybe another one. I'm not sure. <laughs> he yeah, overlooks yeah. you. <laughs> <laughs> he might get overlooked at uh, the Christmas party this year. <clears throat> anyway, I'm not bringing anything to NSRA next year you're not even gonna bring yourself we know this probably not probably not yeah i might run into you there no where, i'll run from you i don't want to be associated with you in public where is that louisville kentucky that's a long way away it is that's why i'm not going too long of a drive it's not that far it's like one of the closest shows we do <laughs> 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 I know where the Louisville is. And yeah, I just, but it's just it's too far for me, Will. It might be close for you, but that's a long drive for me. So no, I'm just gonna grab you and throw you in the trailer on the way up there. All right. I grew up on a me. farm. I'm used to riding in the trailer. We're gonna have we're gonna have lunch at the new Corvette Cafe, whatever it's called. Stingray yeah. Grill. Stingray Grill. Get one and of the Stingray we'll, burgers, Wagyu we'll, beef. Mm. We'll, we'll mosey on up to Louisville, however you want to say it, Louisville, Louisville. So in the north, we say it Louisville, yep. like the Louisville slugger. Yeah. Um, but when you move to Kentucky, you better learn to say it with an uh, entire handful of rocks in your mouth. Because down here, it said Louisville. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Well, why isn't it called Louisville? I have no idea. Because hmm. he didn't go by Louis, he went by Louis. I don't know. Well, in Arkansas, it's Arkansas, but the Arkansas River in Kansas is the Arkansas River. <laughs> yeah, people don't believe you when you tell them that. No, they don't. I just think everybody in Arkansas mispronounces their state name, and it is Arkansas. <laughs> Yeah. Well, it's, I mean, it's just, it, it's weird. Like here in Kentucky, there's a Versailles, Kentucky. It's spelled identical to Versailles, France. Yeah. Versailles. Yeah. But we're so, not French. We speak English. So. It's, it's all about how you pronounce it, I guess. Phil was supposed to come visit the museum today, but he, uh, he was feeling a bit under the weather, so he uh, didn't make it. If that's the confused look you were looking at, John. 
No, I, I, w- I was reading. Remember, I don't have my glasses on, and I have a small screen in front of me. Ah, I got you, got you. Don't forget, so. don't forget what opens up tomorrow. The Savoy, isn't it tomorrow? Their their opening day. To the open to open to the public. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the last week has been by special appointment for previews. There you go. Yep. yep. And so, will yeah. unfortunately, I just haven't had the time to make it. No worries. Have I have I hounded you about it? No, sir. There you go. All right. Well, we're about at an hour, so I'm going to say I want to wind this up and head home for a change. Sounds good to me. I got a couple hours worth of work to do. <clears throat> I'm going to go out here and run my 1919 South Bend lathe for a few more hours. Sweet. I think I'm getting a lathe or picking up a new lathe over Christmas. Not a new one, a new old one. 1919? That old pre-computer? Uh, you know, I, don't, I don't know how old. Oh, it's pre-computer. Let me tell you. I don't know what year it is. I'll have to ask. It's it's from our buddy that drove his Model T as fast as a Tesla. Gotcha. All right. Adios. All right. Talk to everybody later. Let me find the right button to push here. And we thanks, will see thanks you. Thanks to everybody for you. listening. See you next week. Somewhere here. Here we go. And bye-bye. And 